0: the spaghetti isn't because you laid it out wrong it's because you're using the network (laughs) and over time you add new cables and that's sort of inevitable
1: welcome to the mcnaughton mckay podcast your electrical connection each episode we meet with an industry expert to tackle real issues in manufacturing join your host austin davidson to get the latest scoop on automation products and solutions
2: Hey there and welcome back to the McNaughton McKay podcast. Today we're going to be discussing cable and network testing and how easy it can be when done with the right tools. And to join me, I have a couple of different guests today. First off, we have Gino Porter. He is a sales application manager for Flute Corporation and is a third time guest on the show. Gino, how's it going?
3: I'm great. How are you? Austin, Emily, good to see y'all again.
2: I'm perfect. And just because he introduced her for me already, we're going to go over to Emily Ward. Emily is a business development specialist here with McNaughton McKay, and she is a new co-host on the show. Emily, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. I appreciate you having me on today, Austin.
2: Thanks for coming. And to wrap up the, the panel we have today is Jim Davis, he is a regional marketing engineer over at Fluke Networks. Jim, how are you? Great, good to be here. Glad to have you. So Gino, to, to kind of get us started, what we've discussed in the past is, you know, this bridge between IT and OT and how responsibilities are are being shared on one side or the other. So, you know, we, we're gonna be discussing networks that we need to troubleshoot. Where are these networks being installed?
3: Sure. So I always like to think of like how we did things old school, right? In mm-hmm. the old school days. And then now we're in this new school generation, right? In the old school generation, a few things that were on a network were our laptops, maybe our printers over
0: time,
3: uh, maybe some entry-level TVs, etc. cetera. And traditionally your IT was responsible for those devices. But now in this, new school automation realm, we're starting to put things like drives and PLCs and sensors on the network and IT is starting to draw the line and say that's not a responsibility. And folks like uh, electricians and technicians at a plant are becoming responsible for maintaining them. So we need to come up with a tool and a system for checking those.
1: You make a good point, Gino. You know, with the rising popularity of communication over Ethernet, is it often assumed that automation is to blame for network failures or would this be considered faulty? And if so, what are some common causes for industrial network failures that you've seen?
3: Sure. So I know from working in industry, every time, let's say a drive or a PLC, some type of automation component, or even just hey, I cannot connect to my internet at my house, my garage door's not working for some reason. We're quick to pull out the laptop, open up the command prop window and start pinging stuff. When really 80% of the time or over 80% of the time, the issue lies within the cable, the physical layer. So I'm having a tool to just be able to qu- do a quick check on ni- over 80% of the reason that your network is failing due to those cabling issues, it's critical to have.
0: Yeah. And- Gino, you make a good point. While we always blame the physical layer, even if it is not the physical layer, a lot of times it's hard to start our troubleshooting process until we eliminate that. And mm-hmm. if if eliminating it means replacing a cable, oh, that can be really time consuming. Mm-hmm.
2: Certainly. And so now you guys have kind of built out this story we have of, of there's more cabling just innately on the network because we have more things that are Uh, connected to communicate over these networks. And now potentially we want to rule out something that, you know, with the right tools might be easy, but without the right tools, maybe not so easy. So in my mind, typically this is something IT personnel would do, but again, now we're on the plant floor. So, you know, whose responsibility is that, you know, is there somebody on the plant floor that you expect would have the capacity to troubleshoot this?
3: Let's say you're, you have these plants that are running 24-7, and these components that are running these motors and conveyors and systems typically having to go down on a Saturday morning at 2 a.m., guess who's not hanging out in the cubicle at 2 o'clock in the morning? Probably your local IT team, and well, myself as well, so I'm going <laughs> to put myself in that category. So the folks that are going to be working 24-7, your night shift electricians, maybe your Automation, multi-crafts are responsible for maintaining and keeping these plants up and running. They see uh, a motor that's no longer spinning that it should. They go and need. they see a fault or error that says network failure, network error. Let me do the first step of troubleshooting and see if it's like Jim said, whether it's the cable or somewhere on the network and that way I can start going down that troubleshooting
2: path.
1: Right, and then speaking of testing, you know, in years prior, various components such as sensors needed two connections. You know, with power over Ethernet in play now, this is no longer the case. That said, what about PoE? Is there an easy way to test connections?
0: Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about Ethernet is this idea of power over Ethernet. We would rather only have one cable going to a device. It's difficult to have two cables. And as we're using Ethernet for our connectivity, If we can use power over Ethernet, that much better. Now, power over Ethernet is a little bit challenging in the sense that there are, what is it, four brands and eight different types, classes of PoE. It's a standard that has been developed over many years. So it's not as simple as being just 48 volts or just 110 volts. The amount of power that is offered by the PSE, the power sourcing equipment, depends on when that equipment was manufactured, how old it is, and how the ports were configured. So it's important to be able to have a piece to test equipment. We check the physical layer, the cable's in good condition, we've got continuity, we're attached to a switch. Now let's ask the switch, what are you advertising? How much power are you offering me? And then not only are we going to verify how much power it's offering us to make sure that's the requirement of our PD or our power device, but let's do a load test. Hey, give me that much power. Let me make sure that I'm able to receive that much power. That helps to eliminate things that we may not have been aware of. Maybe the cable is too long. It has too much resistance. Or perhaps the switch is oversubscribed. It only has so much power to offer, and maybe the other ports are already... Are already using all that power now. So the test equipment can be very helpful to clarify if there is an issue with the power over Ethernet. And these simple problems is, is the port configured properly? And is it supplying the amount of power we need?
2: Sure. And so to extrapolate our example or to kind of make sure that we're all on the same page with it, right? So let's say that we've, we've put some device uh, at the end of our, our cable and it's not working. And we, I've tested this device previously. It's a camera or a sensor or whatever. Uh, we know that for a fact, it's good. So then we test the cable with the the nifty tools that you guys have over at Fluke. And we have been able to confirm that, no, the cable is good. Power that is being supplied, if it happens to be POE, is good as well. But maybe we're still having communication issues. So camera's good, cable's good. Next thing I'm looking at is the router or the switch that we have on the network and I know that you know nowadays there's all sorts of different industrial switches that we have on the floor they can do all sorts of VLANing and all these cumbersome things that I'm not well versed enough to explain is if we get to that point do the tools allow us to diagnose that even further into the switch
0: yeah, you, you bring up an important point there about different types of switches. There, there are many different flavors, but let's break it down into two groups. We could have a managed or an unmanaged switch. And that managed switch is helpful because it can provide us information about each individual port. It might look for errors that we can have on the port. And it might look for the VLANs, real simple explanation of a virtual local area network. We have different types of traffic. We might have security cameras on our plant floor. They're keeping track or access control. We may have a, a Wi-Fi system so that people can check their email while they're out on the plant floor. Mm-hmm. Each one of those are going to generate varying amounts of traffic. And then we have our production network. We don't want our production network to be interfered with. We want it to be very deterministic. We want the timing to work. So one of the ways to segment that traffic easily is through the use of VLANs. Now, the VLANs can be dynamic. And if you have a managed switch, you can say, hey, I want One port to be in this VLAN and the next port to be in this VLAN. That's configured oftentimes through command line interface. It's a little bit cryptical. So when someone is going to install the device, it helps if they can reach into the switch and say, How are you configured? Or if there's a problem to be able to report back to our IT department, who may be on the other side of the world, Hey, this port of the switch is not the This switch, this IP address, it's not behaving well. Can you guys remote into it? Let's try and establish some collaborative work between the IT and the OT department. IT department, help me out. This switch is misconfigured. Maybe it has the wrong VLAN. Or help me to look and see if you're getting errors on this port because the device isn't working well on the other end.
1: Yeah. And regarding ports, you know, I'm really just looking for a breakdown here. So what happens if a customer doesn't have your standard RJ45 connector? Are they simply out of luck in this case scenario? Or is Fluke able to offer rugged connections for industrial automation?
3: Typical residential commercial space you're going to see is a RJ45 ports. They're everywhere. They're inside our houses, uh, behind our TVs, our little routers that connect our Modems, etc. However, you start getting into this industrial space and you need a more rugged connection because we have these moving components in a tougher environment. So, we have these connectors that allow you to either use an M12 or an MA connect- connector, and you won't have any issues if you're using RJ45. So, yes, we do have solutions whether you use an M12, MJ, MA, or MJ. Well, excuse my let me help you out there, Gino. Yeah. yeah RJ45
0: yeah. is a great connector. It's everywhere. Yeah. But not necessarily vibration-resistant, moisture-resistant, yeah. dirt-resistant. Uh, yeah, you're in a mine. It's, it's going to get dirty. So the other thing about those custom cable assemblies with the M12X, the M12D that Gino's talking about, is they're expensive. And I hate to replace a cable that isn't bad. So yeah, we have terminators that you can use so you can check to make sure that those fancy expensive heavy duty cables are not the source of your problem.
2: And and for all of our listeners out there, Jim is showing us exactly what this device looks like. So you'll have to use your imagination, but just know that they have you covered. So again, now at this point, I I like to kind of walk us through a story this whole time. So now we're back kind of at the ends of the cable. We've, we've diagnosed everything uh, from the, the sensor or the camera or whatever we have on the end as a device. We have gone through the cable is good. We have made modifications to our, our Ethernet switch. So we're, we're good on all that. Um, but then, you know, down the line, maybe everything's been good down the line, something happens. And now we find that there is not a great way to identify this spaghetti mess of cables that I was tasked with building because I don't know how to lay out cables. So now we got all these things tangled up. I know one of these is bad. How do I find out physically if I'm on the plant floor, which one is bad?
3: So, yeah, we do have a solution to help our customers navigate that bowl of spaghetti, Austin. Um, with our link IQ tool, you're able to connect the cable um, to our tester in the tester can put either a digital or analog toner on there. So kind of thing like our old school Fox and Hal tools mm-hmm. that we used to use. And with our tools called IntelliTone, it's going to listen for that frequency and it's going to make a noise on whether on which cable it is. So with the tester, it puts on the signal with the IntelliToner it's going to listen for that signal and help you identify which cable is which.
0: One, one thing that's nice about the IntelliTone is it will also map out the cable when you find it. And one other feature that we have, the spaghetti isn't because you laid it out wrong. It's because you're using the network. <laughs> and over time, you add new cables, and that's sort of inevitable. But if you don't know you're using an unmanaged switch and you don't know which port you're on, we also have the ability to blink the port switch uh, for those of you listening, yes, I was blinking. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll turn the that little LED on and off on the switch. So that will help you to find which port of the switch am I attached to on the far end.
2: You mentioned mapping the cable. What, what exactly do you mean by that?
0: We could have an identification, a label on both ends of the cable. Uh-huh. Ideally, both ends are identified. So I know the end that may be on an administration point. It may be on a patch panel and the other end that's out on the, on the plant floor also has an identification. Where we don't have a map is from that administration point, from the patch panel to the port of the switch. And that's the final little bit that. It it varies because you can plug into any port of the switch and there's not a, typically, it's very uncommon for somebody to have an alignment of switch port to, to cable run.
2: All right.
1: Good deal. And I'm sure that traceability is key for any contractor or end user in our industry. So it's ideal that Fluke can provide a time saver solution. You know, oftentimes these types of customers will also need to generate reports as reporting seems to be any and everything in this day and age. So does Fluke support software for reporting?
3: Yes, we do support um, software for our cable and network testing tools. Um, It's called LinkWare. After using our tool, you're able to save the results that you found from the cable or network. You're able to plug in. Um, that tool into the computer and make a report um, using our software. It comes included with the hardware. That's the salesman in me talking. It's free if I'm not a salesman speaking. (laughs) But it's software that's been around for a long time, and we're constantly
0: updating it. Yeah, there are two things I'll I'll mention about that. One, if you are a, a manager, a project manager, an owner of a company that's doing cable installation, you want to make sure that the cable is installed right the first time. You don't want to have to send somebody back. So even if your customer is not asking for the reports, You can make sure that your people, hey, an RG45 has eight positions. Those eight wires can be miswired like 30,000 different ways. And I hate to send a technician back out because there was a flipped pair. So getting that documentation can be useful for you. And it can also help to differentiate your company when you're making a proposal. Here's the documentation that we provide to show that your cable was installed to the appropriate standards, the TIA 568 standard and the industrial premise standard, the TIA 1005.
2: Well, certainly you can look at it as, as value add or insurance or any, any different way you want to swing that, but uh, certainly helps to to track down what could be a very small problem that would cause uh, quite a, a big snafu if you were to happen to miss it. Uh, well, that's that's all the questions that we had prepared for you guys. Uh, Gino, Jim, I'll leave the floor to you. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on before we end today?
0: Well, hey, I, I always appreciate the opportunity to 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 speak with people from the industry, these are fascinating conversations. It helps me to hear the people's questions. And please, if you have responsibility for maintaining your communication system, you don't want the IT department coming down on the plant floor, let the IT department handle their part of the network. They've got an important part, but let us handle the part that's down on the plant floor. Let's use the right tools so that we can keep the network up and running and make sure that there are no problems with our, our physical layer. Awesome.
2: Well, if you have any questions about today's episode or any previous episode, please feel free to reach out to your local McNaughton McKay account manager, or you can always email us at mc-mc.com. And we'll get you in connection with folks like Gino and Jim over here who uh, know their way around networks. Thanks, fellas.
3: Thank you.